0: game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio.
1: 630 Chad. Brought in by McDavid. Stops across to Nugent Hopkins. Go! Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets the pass in the slot from McDavid. It's 6-1 Oilers. Brian Nugent
2: Hopkins, career point number 600. His 28th goal of the season. Connor McDavid with an assist on the play. McDavid had two goals and two assists. He scored on a penalty shot. And the Oilers freeze out the Penguins 7-2 tonight in Pittsburgh. The Oilers are 11-1-5 in their last 17 games. They're 32-19-8 on the season. The Penguins have lost four in a row. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 7-58, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chat, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Rob, I look at this game. And I was thinking about what I was going to say to you off the top of the show tonight. And I was going to say nothing went right for the Penguins. Because they even had two goals disallowed. (laughs) Uh, But I will say one thing went right for the Penguins. They scored an early goal. They scored 65 (laughs) seconds into the game. After that, I would argue nothing went right for the Penguins. And it was Oilers' domination.
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny when a 7-2 game could actually be flattering for the team that got beat up. They they were terrible. Uh, I think it was a combination of the Oilers being very good in this game and the Penguins being god awful. I mean, the the goal that was called back for offside, that was just a horrendous play by Evgeny Malkin. I mean, they have a power play all the time in the world to make a pass, and he makes a bad one-touch pass that he didn't have to make. The first Latang to make an incredible play just to keep the puck anywhere near the blue line. They made a number of those plays tonight, and the Oilers feasted on those poor plays. Uh, the Oilers were good top to bottom. Uh, their star players were stars, none bigger than, obviously, Connor McDavid. Their support players chipped in. They got you know, a goal by a Fogle. They got a goal by a Shore. Uh, they limited the chances against. It was... Uh, as good a road game as you could possibly have. And the, the big thing for, for Oilers fans and for the Oilers team, the Oilers gave up a goal early in a hockey game. And we've seen in the past where that first goal against that early usually turned into two goals against. And all of a sudden, the Oilers are chasing a hockey game. Uh, didn't even phase them. I mean, from the next mo- the face-off on, they took control of this game. So uh, the Oilers have just continued... Not started, continued this incredible pace that they've had since Christmas. And uh, they're moving up to, uh, in the standings. They're now out of a wild card spot. They're now, uh, I believe, a point behind the conference lead. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have higher aspirations uh, than winning a division, winning a conference. They want a Stanley Cup, and to do that, they need to continue to make this kind of progress that they've made over the last month and a bit since Christmas.
2: Yeah, 7-2 the final tonight. 2-1 Edmonton after the first. Four goals in the second period. They led 6-1 after two. You mentioned the, uh, the the plays there, there Rob. The uh, offside challenge, the, the linesman couldn't see it, but the, the replay, it was clearly out. Latang kept it in, tried to keep it in with the skate. It was out. Carter knocked one in with a high stick, so those were disallowed. And then McTavid, uh, McDavid and Latang exchanged goals late in the game. We'll play the McDavid uh, penalty shot highlight a little bit later on tonight. But, I, and, but you mentioned it, Rob. Uh, I mean, Yamamoto hadn't scored since January 9th. Shore hadn't scored in the NHL since March 17th. Um, I mean, puglia would have loved that one uh, at the end of the game, but it just would have been icing on the cake in this one. Fogel gets his 10th. He's had a good couple of weeks here. And, and I, I want to circle back to Shore because uh, you always like his game, often like his game when he's in the lineup.
3: I do because he gives you the exact same game every night. Of uh, all Oilers that reach their bar of what they're capable of doing, he reaches it more than anyone. Now his bar is lower. He understands his role. And, I just I've played on teams where guys have sat out a long time, and I don't know if I've ever played on a team where it sat out as long as Devin Shore did. It's not easy jumping back into a lineup. It just isn't. Uh, practice isn't the same as game. Uh, your your mental focus. Your um, I mean it, it it hurts. Like as much as he's been a good team player, sitting out game after game after game. That's tough. Then getting sent down to the minors, then coming back up. Uh, he just went in, and he, you love that kind of story. Where all right. Here's my role. Here's what I'm going to do. And then he makes nice plays. He made an unbelievable play to Barry to set up a, a power play or a, set up a goal. I believe that was in Colorado. And then tonight, uh, finishing. He gets an opportunity to finish, and you could see the excitement when he scored. And to me, that that's what is great about this Oilers team this year is the stories about other players. There's always going to be the Connor story. There's always going to be the Leon. But there's other players that are contributing, and you can't be successful as a team, as a franchise, unless you've got players up and down your lineup that can contribute, feel like they're contributing, feel like they're being part of a team. And this year, well, I guess since the last year's playoff, and then this year is the first time I've really seen that, that this is more than a two-horse team. This is a team that uh, if those guys are shut down or slowed down, other players are capable of be making a difference in this in the games, and we've seen that so much since Christmas.
2: So 7-2, the Oilers take it to the Penguins tonight. Let's go to the mic for Eclipse Restoration. named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft.
4: I came off the bench. We um, tripped up our own goaltender in that situation, and they scored. But, uh, you know, it, it sounds weird, but I, I really liked the way we were playing um, in that first period. And uh, even though we were down one nothing for the first, first few minutes or so, but I thought uh, what I really liked was how we skated tonight. I thought we skated very well what uh, when it comes to you know Ryan Nugent Hopkins career 0. 600 uh, Leon continues to score in consecutive games Connor I mean what, what do you sort of pick out of that game that you like the most uh, from what you saw from the Oilers well you mentioned three guys but how about Yamamoto how about Fogle how about the game Shore put down yes he pulled RV, played a great game you know I thought um, what I really liked about the the game tonight was all the contributions that we got from everybody um, you, know, uh, you know I'd go back to saying that um, you know I like the way we skated and when we're skating at that level I think we're a tough team to handle Um, the goals went in sure but uh, we did a lot of good things defensively as well Um, you know it was a good team effort we're going to enjoy it for a little bit and uh, get on the plane to Columbus and, and get ready for a team that that won a hard fought game in our building in overtime
5: do you have your career high-end goals for Connor at this point when you're asked about him? Do you almost run out of words to describe what
4: Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, um, adjectives uh, have all been used um, by me. And, uh, you know, I said this earlier in the year. The local media would have heard me say it. But, it, you know, sometimes uh, I, I heard someone say, you know, it's like living at the foot of Everest. You almost become numb to how... Uh, what you're seeing every day and um, you know I think it's important that everybody take a step back and understand that we're seeing uh, someone at the top of their craft um, in the prime of their career um, putting out there what he's putting out and uh, he does a day in day out uh, he's supported by a bunch of teammates that um, he loves to lead and that work hard for him um you know it's uh, it's quite impressive Penguins flipped Crosby and Malkin
6: uh, on the first and second lines about midway through the second period did, did, did that warrant any uh, in-game tailoring from a defensive standpoint from you guys uh, Um
4: not so much you know uh, for us um, especially on the road I don't I don't worry about matchups too much uh, because the other team's coach controls it um you know so I don't really fight fight the match um you know with us have dressing 11 forward sometimes we're a tough match uh just because uh, we have different combinations coming at you um and, and most importantly we put a focus on us or a premium on us in our game um you know i wouldn't want to be taking people off the ice just because other the other team put certain people on um you know it worked out for us tonight what would you say about Ryan Nugent-Hopkins? Uh, yeah. You know, we always talk about the player. Maybe, you know, the person is the longest-serving Oiler. Yeah, longest-serving Oiler for a reason, I might add. Um, he's a high-end player. Um, what a lot of people might not know about him off the ice is that he's competitive in anything that he does, whether it's playing a game of golf, um, playing ping-pong. Um, you know, he's somebody who takes pride in his competition level. And I think that's what we're seeing this year is is how competitive Nuge is being um, in all situations. I'm moving him all over the lineup. He's left wing, he's center, he's playing on first unit penalty kill, first unit power play. He's somebody that, um, you know, I think got a little bit of a a taste of a a longer playoff run last year, and he's driven uh, to help the team in whatever way he can um, make the playoffs first and then go on the long run. Were you surprised at all that his uh, 600th point came on a low blocker side wrist shot? No, I thought it was a great shot. I thought, um, you know, uh, it was a great play. Um, Connor set him up nicely, and, you know, posting in, that's kind of his uh, signature. So it was a good shot and important goal at the time for us. Thanks, good. Sir, thanks, good
2: guys. That's where there's head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 7-2 road win against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He mentioned a couple times... Rob, that he thought he, his team skated well tonight, and and we, you and I have talked about that in recent games about the pace that the Rangers could play at, that the Avalanche could play at, and maybe the Oilers had trouble handling that against some of those other top teams. But yeah, the the Penguins couldn't keep up with the Oilers' pace tonight, and I don't know what. I mean, even shorthanded, uh, th- there were a couple breakaways the Oilers could have had, but they were just looking to ice the puck instead of instead of uh, set a guy up for another scoring opportunity they, they were just the much quicker team this evening as well
3: uh, they were it it was a mismatch and it, it got to the point where well if the others hadn't got the the big lead it, it just was it could have been worse the others kind of backed off a little bit as the game went on uh, the penguins had no match um i've it, i've seen McMelkin play twice this year against the others and struggled both times and I think that, and we heard Connor McDavid talk about, it, they get up for these games, Connor and Leon. And the, the youth of, and, and the players in their prime, they, the Penguins just had no answer to Connor and Leon when those guys are going. And it's, uh, the Oilers are a much better hockey club than the last couple of years. And you're seeing it up and down their lineup. Their best players are in the prime of their career. And they've got much better depth players. This is a team that's set up very, very nicely. So it'll be interesting over the next seven days to see if this team picks up any players, if they look for a little more speed, a little more depth, whatever it is. But right now, the way that the Edmonton Oilers are playing, the players that they've got in the lineup are saying, you know what? I think we've got a pretty good thing here already. Uh, Please don't take me out or please don't move me because I want to be part of this going forward.
2: Big donation tonight to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They've been filling the net all season long. So $700 donation tonight, and that brings the total for the season up to uh, $22,500. Well, seven
3: goal games do that, doesn't it, Reed? It bumps that up.
2: No, that's wrong. I can't do math. Uh, no, that's right, $22,500. Anyway, we appreciate that they're very generous. Uh, so <laughs> Trent, Trent Brown's a, a former double E football player and a very big Oilers fan, so I'm sure he was cheering a lot tonight as well. Okay, 7804960063 is the. Hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Teed Pro all the way. We'll bring Aaron onto the show. Aaron, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
7: Hey, boys. How you doing? Quite well. Right on. Hey, a couple points here. Um, just regarding JP, Bison King, best game of the year he's played so far, uh, especially in the middle of the second there. Um, you know, he reversed track basically two Penn's guys behind the net there. Uh, also, his 4 check you know, he's one of the Oilers' best 4 checkers the past 10 to 12 games, I'd say.
2: So let me ask so, you this here. Not. To, I, I just want to get your, uh, your opinion. What, what's going to happen with him? What do you see happening over... Do you think something's going to happen in the next week?
7: Well, with, with his uh, low uh, value here, I'd say the Oilers are just honestly better off keeping him on the roster. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say... Derek Ryan and Yam- Yamamoto. Yamamoto, you know, 17 first rounder. He's peaked. He should be benched along with Ryan when uh, Kane and Costen are back, especially if they play 11-7. And, um, and I feel Yamamoto might honestly have better trade value than JP.
3: Well, Yamamoto uh, does. Yamamoto has better trade value. Yeah, he would for sure. sure. Yeah, it's yeah. not even close. But you, you would play Poliarvi ahead of Derek Ryan? Oh, jeez. All day, all day. Derek Ryan, honestly, he he's a nice guy. We've mm-hmm. had
7: him for three years now. Yep. Especially with last year in the playoffs against the Avs, his line along with Shore was just destroyed. If the Oilers keep Derek Ryan and Shore, let's say which I know sure will be the
2: guy, the first guy out, out of this. Yeah, but, but yeah,
3: Derek yeah. Ryan has 10 goals on the season playing on your fourth line compared to Jesse having, I don't know what he has, four, playing a lot of minutes in your top six.
7: Oh, I, I got you. I got you there. But Derek Ryan, his 10 goals this year, honestly, I think four or five have been extremely lucky tips. There's been four goals. I know he's at a 15% shooting percentage, I believe. But, you know, he he's a he's a guy that, I'm not here to crap on him, but Derek no. Ryan, he is a fly by guy, okay? He, he he, doesn't make huge mistakes. He doesn't make huge plays, but he will not better the fourth line. Uh, if you're speaking about Derek Ryan, I'd say Nick Beekstad, right shot center as well. He's uh, last year 55%, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, last year, okay,
3: the, Derek, Derek Ryan will stay in the lineup before Jesse he he pull the RV all day long. Derek Ryan, penalty kills and wins faceoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like, so, we, yes, he yes, he's not on your penalty kill. He's okay. not on your power play. He's yeah. not, I mean, he's a fourth-line player. Yes, he, he'd be the odd man out. Yeah,
2: okay, what's your second point, Aaron? No, we appreciate your opinion. What's your second point?
7: Uh, second point, uh, when, uh, <clears throat> when uh, Kane and Kostner are back, and let's say hypothetically, though, where this roster is mostly healthy, fingers crossed, I really want Yamamoto off the top six um for sure and maybe even benched because he is at this point a fourth line energy guy and that's all i got okay yeah, yeah we pretty well i
2: mean kane will obviously be moving into some slot on the one of the top two lines and then we'll just see the lines start, tend to move around Yaman. a lot right they so. want
3: yamamoto in the top six but i do believe that if there's not production he will move down in the lineup yeah but the thing again here's where he's ahead of a yes, he pulled as he penalty kills so penalty killing, I mean, you need players to do that. Yeah, Biese's biggest problem for him is he's not on either specialty team. Now, the, the Oilers only really have one power play, so it's hard to get on your, the power play here in Edmonton. Uh, but he doesn't penalty kill. So those, the players that penalty kill are automatically ahead of him in the lineup. Um, but Yamamoto, they need more. That was a huge goal for Yamamoto tonight. They need more production out of him. If you're playing top six, you have to produce. If you're playing with Connor, if you're playing with Leon, 100%. And the production hasn't been where they wanted it to be. Uh, and there's other players that are making uh, a statement that they want top six minutes. Fogel has, uh, at times, when he's been in the top six, been very good. So, yes, I could see Yamamoto, he needs to produce or he will be moved out. But he is still ahead of Yessi Pugliarvi in the lineup simply because he penalty kills.
2: Oilers win at 7-2, so the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630ched.com. We turn it on whenever they score five or more in a game, which they have done 21 times this season. The orders are 20-0-1 when they score five or more in a game. The only uh, loss there was the one to Colorado a few days ago in overtime. So go to the uh, website right now, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. Okay, you're also going to hear from the Nuge. We got Ken and Brad and Sir Robert on the open line, so hang tight. We'll get to you. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
1: chair. Here comes Fogel to center. He'll shoot it in. 2-1, Oilers lead We're early in the second. Fogel runs over Letang. Puck goes through the middle of the ice. That is your
2: crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting as the Oilers take it to the Penguins tonight. 7-2 is your final Warren Warren Fogle, one of the two hits he had this evening. He also scored his 10th of the season as uh, the Oilers. Well, we'll see where they sit in the Pacific Division once the games are over tonight. The Flames are leading the Golden Knights two nothing five and a half minutes into the second period as we check the scoreboard for advantage trailer rentals your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals visit advantage trailer rentals.com seattle leads boston one nothing eight minutes into the game blues up two nothing on the canucks in the third earlier sabers over the lightning six five the devils help out the oilers a bit with a come from behind four three overtime decision against the kings Wild beat the Blue Jackets 2-0. Red Wings over the Rangers 4-1. So just quickly updating the standings. And again, these could, should change throughout the evening here. Vegas 73 points. They are losing to Calgary. Edmonton and L.A. both 72. Seattle 70. And then Calgary with uh, 65. Right now, Calgary's closer to uh, Colorado for the second wild card spot than they are for the top four or three in the division. So that's a quick look at the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the Certainty Hotline. We have Ken standing by. Ken, go ahead.
8: Well, I know how to um, solve this a problem with the that the oil has about minimal cap space. I I know I know how to solve that, and I and I'd like um, you guys to you know to get this message to the dressing room and. Uh, and my, what my idea is is the the, the oil's core for the, the leaders of the team, number 97, number 25, and number 29, and the Nuge, they have to donate two million dollars each to the oil so that oil can get someone. Like these, if these leaders can do that, I know it's going to take a smart lawyer. Or if if, if the legalities don't work, they're going to have to take their cell phone and call carlson or whoever but if if the oil is going to take the next step they've really got it they they need they they need they need someone and they may win the west but they're not going to beat the big bad Bruins. so that's what what do you think of that idea
3: well,
2: well, they you, would need some lawyers. So I don't, do I don't it, think so
3: they're allowed to do it. But that's, 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 you can't do that, so no, that's not... Uh, <laughs> that'd, be,
2: that'd be way under the table, Rob. That'd be in the second basement.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that might happen in the KHL. It's not allowed to happen in the NHL, so uh, the Oilers are not getting a big fish. The Oilers are probably going to get some depth players, and uh, this Oilers team, it, it's good. I mean, the, the, to win in the playoffs... If, they were to, if the Oilers were to advance to the finals, it's a long ways because there's some good teams they still have to go through. The teams on the other side, it, it's all about getting, a, getting a good goaltending and being healthy. And the Boston Bruins are the best team in, in the National Hockey League, but there's been other best teams in the NHL that have lost in the first round. Tampa Bay not too long ago, before they went on their Stanley Cup run. So uh, I don't think you can say the Oilers aren't good enough to beat anybody as of yet. But I do. The first thing you have to do is make the playoffs and then you start your little run and to win in the playoffs, get healthy, get a good goaltender and anything can happen. But the others will try to do something at the trade deadline because they do need more depth. You want, in case there's injuries, you want NHL experienced players that are stepping into the positions in important games.
2: The last time these two teams played, the Oilers set a franchise record with 26 shots on goal in the second period. They had 15 tonight. I set the line at 11.5 for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Kareem took the over, so he gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Oilers win it 7-2, a goal and an assist. Career point number 600 for this man, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins.
6: Nugent, I know it's kind of hard to be thinking about milestones after a big win, but
9: 600. It's got to be feel pretty good um, yeah I mean I've uh, been lucky to be part of this group for a long time and uh, play with some great players and do it on a night like this and uh, where everybody's just uh, flying and uh, we have just great 60 minutes and Stu's kicking back there for us uh, it is a lot of fun to do it with this group you've already set a career high in points do you feel you've really hit your peak this season um, well I mean I think every year uh, like everybody else, I'm trying to get better and better, and uh, work on my game, and uh, try to round it out a lot. And uh, obviously, I want to uh, want to be that two-way player, and uh, still trying to find my stride and uh, uh, and make improvements to every aspect of my game. That was pretty much
6: a complete team effort, goals up and down the lineup. Really kind of held Pittsburgh to not a lot of opportunities tonight.
9: Yeah, I mean, I I thought uh, the way that we defended, uh, obviously they got that first goal and uh, we responded quick and uh, got those power play goals, and then we just kind of started flowing from there. I thought uh, uh, Ryan O'Shorsi, Jesse were flying around for us and really got us a lot of uh, momentum and then obviously get rewarded for that one. So uh, it was great to see, but yeah, I thought everybody was uh, playing well and we were on the, all on the same page tonight. Uh, do you think Woody and Jeremy Kupall are ever gonna miss on one of these uh, goal
6: cha- uh, the challenges? Uh, which challenge? Um, the, on the first challenge, the one on the yeah.
9: yeah no, uh, Jeremy's pretty dialed in there. Uh, he sees everything. I was back. Th- I've been back there before, and he's he's got cameras from all angles and he he knows what he's doing for sure and uh, obviously the guys on the bench trust him and um, yeah it's hard to say uh, when it's that tight and it's it's live but uh, obviously he sees things that we can't and how good was it to see a, a guy like Devin Shore score, a real team guy? Yeah, I mean, awesome. He, he's been working so hard for us and just really sticking with it. And uh, Jesse made a great play to him, and uh, he, he bared down and, and put it in. And I know it's uh, probably a bit of a weight off his shoulders, and uh, we're everybody in here is definitely happy to see it.
5: Ryan, is it just as satisfying, more satisfying, the way that you guys are able to control the game defensively, as it is seeing those seven goals going for you guys?
9: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's for sure that, uh, the way that we want to play. Uh, not give them anything, kind of choke them out as much as we can, and um, obviously that's a skilled team over there. So to to kind of hold them to uh, limited shots, limited grade A chances is, uh, is big for our team. And um, and on the other side of things, that that leads to offense. And uh, when you're frustrating the other team and. Uh, you can uh, take advantage of that and start to uh, feed off the turnovers and I thought we did a great, great job of that tonight.
5: Another pair of goals from Connor tonight. He reaches a career high in goals in a season. You kind of just
9: run out of words like when you're asked about him at this point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, played with him for eight years now and, uh, yeah, it's tough to... I mean, you guys see it too and it's uh, it's a lot of fun to be a part of. I mean, that first goal, um, I think he was actually behind the, the goal line somehow, uh, put it in uh, over the shoulder, so, I mean, pretty sp- Special, and uh, for him to reach his career high in goals is obviously a huge accomplishment uh, given what he's done his career.
2: Okay, that's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Oilers beat the Penguins 7-2, 32nd win of the season for the Oilers. 7804960063. We have Sir Robert on the line. Hey, Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well,
10: I want to I want to say this because. uh, I just happened to check quickly uh, after the game. The Oilers have seven guys that have scored at least 10 goals this year. And to me, when I saw that, I said to myself, you know, the the depth on this team has been contributing far more this season than in seasons past. I thought last year, yeah, the depth was good, but this year, to me, I'm just I'm seeing that uh, the depth seems to be contributing more and more. Up and down the lineup, which is good. And then I want to want to make a quick point here on Derek Ryan. Um, you know, personally, for me, what I guess what I would say is uh, what I like is that yeah, he's got ten goals. But for me, the biggest thing is is that you don't. There's not a lot of nights, win or lose, where where you're noticing Derek Ryan negatively and saying, oh well, you know, he he made a mistake on such and such a goal i think he's just he's one of those guys where he he goes about his business on the ice he's just he, i guess he's the term i use is he's quiet about it yeah thanks sir robert rob
3: well yeah when you're playing bottom six players you don't want high event players you want guys that are safe cautious and when you put them on the ice you know exactly what you're getting uh, Derek Ryan plays when the team has a goal lead and he's out there to win faceoffs and make smart plays defensively. Now, are there better players in the National Hockey League that the Oilers could get and play ahead of Derek Ryan? 100%. But on the lineup that the Oilers have right now, Derek Ryan penalty kills, takes faceoffs when it's on the offside away from Leon and Connor's strength. And he makes safe plays. So that's why right now he, he plays ahead of, of a Jesse Pliarvi. And the other thing that's big for Derek Ryan is contract. He makes, what, half as much or more than half as much as Pliarvi. So I, I, I liked Jesse's game today. He did a lot of good things. Should have scored a goal. He'll be dreaming about that one tonight. And honestly, the goal that he set up for sure, I, I think he was pulling a Connor McDavid. I think he was trying to bounce that one off the goalie's pads, which is a smart play. He had the goalie out of position, but Pugliarvi was good. The problem for Poliarvi is he makes $3 million, and this is a team that's cash-strapped.
2: Okay, the Oilers take it 7-2. You're going to hear from Devin Shore. Nice night for him. we got Brad up next on the Certainty Hotline at 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime
0: Open Line. Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's
1: Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Crosby in the right wing corner. Gensel gets it back to Latang. He'll shoot. Glove. Save made by Skinner. He holds onto it.
2: Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He stops 22 tonight to improve to 15, 11, and 4. Oilers rout the Penguins 7-2. Tristan Jari, the former Oil King, played the first two periods of the game for the Penguins. He uh, made 23 saves on 29 shots. Casey DeSmith came in, stopped 14 out of 15. He was beaten on a Connor McDavid penalty shot with 333 left in the third period. What do you think of the move by McDavid? (laughs)
3: Uh, There's very few in the world that can do that. Um, Most players don't want a stick handle to start with because when you stick handle late in a game, it's snowy, uh, the puck can bounce off your stick, and all of a sudden you look silly. Uh, He came in, and he knew exactly what he was doing, and the goaltender has no chance. And one of the things that he did on the move, just before he pulled it to the one side, he kind of opened up his stick when you open up your stick, it's a, a lot of goaltenders. They freeze. They, here comes the shot, and that's what got him to move. And uh, it was just pretty and silly. And it's rarely do you see something or do I see something after being around the league so long that makes me go, "Oh, that was good." But that move tonight, I love seeing pretty moves made by highly skilled players, and you aren't going to see much better than that. He had. A breakaway that turned into a wide-open net. He was able to shoot at as the goaltender went one way, and Connor and the puck went the other. Seven eight zero
2: four nine six zero zero six three. Big Bad Joe is on the line. BBJ, go ahead.
8: Hey, you guys. Uh, good game tonight, and uh, I like uh, the analysis. Again, uh, Rob was analyzing things about the Oilers. He's hundred percent correct they don't. the only thing that I think the Oilers need, and Bob talks about it, I think you guys do, and even the fans, we all do is, you you know, we will need a right-shot center slash winger who can uh, can win face-off and kill penalties. I think we are only one player away from, uh, you know, being the team we want to be. and Uh... and, 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 And not take anything away from what the players do now.
3: No, it's a good point. You, uh, you can always add players to your bottom six to make you a stronger team. Uh, a right-handed shot. I mean, right now that's Derek Ryan's job. But if something happened to Ryan or he's not feeling well or he's not having an off game where he's not winning face-offs, you want someone that you can put out there on the right side to win draws. A right-handed shot. Someone, And you want a penalty killer. Uh, I know that the others have been using Connor McDavid a lot with their penalty killing, but it'd be great not to have to. So the three minutes a night that he's penalty killing, now you're using those three minutes in an offensive situation. So uh, I'm sure that Ken Holland's looking for that. You're looking for a guy on a good contract that you can get at a reasonable price that can win faceoffs, be right-handed, and and kill penalties. There's a few guys out there, Bob talks about them all the time, and I'm sure the others are looking at him.
2: We had a caller, I think uh, they didn't want to come on the show, but they asked Kellen off-air about one of the goals that Pittsburgh had called back. We're not sure which one, but we can quickly touch on both. The one Malkin scored on the power play, Early in the third, about what was it, Rob? Eleven. It was 11 seconds before the puck went in. There was a pass to. Le- was Malkin the one that made the pass?
3: Yeah. Pel- Pel- so, or Malkin made a terrible pass. So, so he, he. So he, it was he,
2: in, in, into into Latang's feet, and he turned his skate. And it went off his skate and came back inside the blue line. So his skate was shielding what the linesman saw. Yeah, so it was, he, it was, he it was right it was, call. Yeah, he said yeah. it was good. Clearly on the replay, the puck came all the way out and then back in. So the Oilers successfully challenged it, came off the board. The Jeff Carter play, his stick was above the height of the crossbar when he tipped the puck. So that's why that one was called off.
3: Yeah, both were easy calls for the referees once they saw the replay. Uh, the Malkin one was a terrible pass by Malkin on the power play. Letang made an incredible play just to keep the puck even close to the zone. Uh, but the linesman was blinded by the player. They watched the replay. Both were very quick uh Decisions by the referees because they were very blatant once you saw the video.
2: All right. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from Devin Shore as we move along. Oilers win 7-2 in Pittsburgh. This is Heartland Ford Overtime
0: Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on
1: Oilers Radio 630 chair. Tang lost it at the Oilers blue line to McDavid. He'll come through the middle. He'll come in and gets tied up. Knocked down. Penalty coming up. As the net knocked off the mooring. Should you give McDavid the penalty? Penalty shot. A penalty shot. Connor McDavid getting a penalty shot with 3:33 to go in the third, and the Oilers up 6-1. McDavid has been awarded a penalty shot for tripping on a breakaway. All right, penalty shot for Connor McDavid. Goes way over to the right, almost to the boards. Now coming back to the middle. Forehand yeah. scores! He froze the Smith with quick hands in front of the net. Makes it 7-1 Edmonton on the penalty shot.
2: Well, Mooner with the call. Stauffer with the reaction that probably many of you watching the game had. As McDavid uh, scores on a penalty shot for the second time in his Career, the icing on the cake there as the Oilers beat the Penguins 7-2. That made it seven. And what, what a, and uh, uh, we've we've seen McDavid do this sometimes on breakaways too. Rob he's he's when the his move works he has the goalie so far out of position he actually is taking almost a full wrist shot from about two and a half feet you know like a lot of players oh they make a good move but they just barely are reaching and tap the puck past the goalie's pad like he had time to like yeah I'll just rip this one in I got him so far out of the net here
3: well he he had the goalie bite so hard uh, that's the goaltender. There's always fear for a goaltender. Okay, he's got speed, or he's going to go that way, and, and they just they jump quick. Uh, and as soon as he jumped, Connor just outthought him, outweighted him, and he went the opposite way. Uh, you don't see that often. But Connor McDavid, because it's a, a penalty shot, he's got all the time in the world. He doesn't have anyone chasing him. He could take as long as he wanted, and it just doesn't seem fair. That goaltender in there is like, okay, seriously. I've been sitting on the bench all game long. Wasn't supposed to play tonight. Now the best in the world who is on fire in this game is coming down on me by himself. And Connor McDavid in a night where he had a special night. He just tops it off with a wonderful move. And that was pretty. I, it, seriously, there, I remember years ago, I watched Pavel Datsuk had a shot in a shootout. And they went to the Blackhawks bench that's who they were playing against and they showed Taves and Kane after Datsuk scored the guys on the other team both went oh my god and looked at each other with a smile like we just saw something special and I think tonight if the Penguins weren't down on that 0.72 I think there's some of those players would have said Oof, yeah that's something that's something special so players appreciate when they see something that is uh, above and beyond what they normally see in the National Hockey League and that Connor McDavid move certainly was.
2: Uh, Kellen just writing me. We had another caller who didn't want to come on air. Once Yamamoto gone over Pugliarvi. Don't be afraid to talk to us, people. Nope. I, I, mean, I mean, again, the thing with Yamamoto is, well, this year injury plagued. And, you know, he hasn't been finishing a few chances that, that he gets. But mm-hmm. But again, and I say this about 4,000 times every season. The, the players you want off the team because they're not productive enough are not the ones that are going to net you a lot in a, in a trade. Yamamoto nope. could be traded. Maybe like, there could be teams yeah, One hundred say, Hey, we, we, we could use him. He did get to 20 last year. Uh, he's other under contract for one more year, you know, but, but again, he's not going to be the, the, uh, the marquee piece in a deal, I guess is a no, good way to put and, it.
3: But he, he's comparing them between him and Yessie. And, Yessi. and the, and again it goes back to the one yes he doesn't penalty kill Yamamoto does that's why he's more important on the team than, than yes he is now Yamamoto needs to do more offensively if you're playing in the top six and there are players coming they've got some skilled uh, first rounders down in the minors that if they get their chance in the NHL they'll be a top six player I believe 100% that Holloway will be a top six player and probably next year I think he's uh, he plays a lot like Evander Kane I would love to see him in the top six So a player like Yamamoto will be pushed. He needs a good, strong finish to the season. He needs a good playoff. But when you're comparing Yamamoto and Pugliarvi, the advantage that Yamamoto has right now is Yamamoto penalty kills. And yes, he doesn't, nor will he ever for the Oilers. So uh, yes, he has got a $3 million contract. He plays fourth-line minutes when the team is all healthy. He's not on your power play. He's not on your penalty killing. That's why he's going to be the one that would be expendable come trade deadline or certainly this offseason when it i well they I would don't i don't him. think they would
2: qualify him. No, again no. he so, would probably just be a UFA
3: yeah so that i mean i I, li- I like Jesse. i love his work ethic uh sometimes his he his feet move faster than him thinking the game and this is the game's getting faster and faster I, and i i really wish that puck would have went in for him that was a wonderful play first of all by broberg Fantastic play by Broberg hitting, Yesi back backdoor. But those are ones as as a former player that would bug me all night long. It honestly would. Even in, in a win, got a wide open net.
2: Yeah. Huh? Even in a win.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you're you're happy for the win, but you're also you. You don't. Most players don't score forty or fifty a year. Most guys are, you know, twenty twenty goals is a pretty good number. And if you're a guy that doesn't score very often, and you have one of those, and you're like. Oh, and it just, especially when the season hasn't gone your way, absolutely, it would, it would eat you up. And until you get your next opportunity, uh, that one would bug you.
2: Our quick change tonight for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game, visit your local Jiffy Lube today, is the trade between the Bruins and the Capitals. Bruins get Dmitry Orloff and Garnet Hathaway. Capitals get three picks from the Bruins, including a first-rounder this summer along with forward Craig Smith. Caps retain 50% of Orloff's salary. The Minnesota Wild involved in the deal. They get a fifth-rounder from Boston as they retain a quarter of Orloff's salary. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Marco on the line. Marco, go
7: ahead.
8: Hi, uh, gentlemen. Big win tonight. Um, also hoping
7: for a couple other losses in the standings, but first comment here I think people are also forgetting that certain players that end up being traded are also also impacted by the the room it, themselves like Leon and Connor have stated in the past that they enjoy playing with Kyler Yamamoto and I also think that makes him a less likely trade candidate because Kenny Holland doesn't want to disrupt any chemistry amongst the top players I'm still hoping for a pipe dream Aaron Eckblad Aaron Eckblad trade and or a Travis Sandheim trade but You know, sometimes it's just a dream, but we'll
2: find out. (laughs) Well, you're throwing some names in there we hadn't even talked about. (laughs) Nice.
3: (laughs) I'd I'd love an Eric Ekblad trade as well. He's, to me, he's a top, top top-tier defenseman, and he plays with meanness and nastiness. I can't see Florida getting rid of him. He's a uh, franchise-building-type defenseman. Um, I don't think, because of the salary, I just don't see the Oilers doing something humongous. It would be fun. It'd be exciting, and maybe Ken Holland surprises everybody. But I do believe that the Oilers still have a team right now, the the lineup that they have, that's capable of winning the Western Conference and capable of going on a long run in the playoffs. They need some breaks, need some bounces. They need uh, one or both goaltenders to, to, to play well. But this is a good hockey club. Again, I know last week there was a lot of people upset. We were getting phone calls. There was articles written about the Oilers. The Oilers have got one... Regulation loss in 17 games. This is the stretch everyone was hoping that the Oilers would have at one point. It was a stretch that they needed to get back into the running for a conference or a division title. They're having it. They're in the midst of it. And the way they play tonight, it doesn't look like they're having one of those at the end of a streak. you start playing poor, but you get a win or two. They haven't had that. This was an excellent hockey game by the Edmonton Oilers.
2: A 7-2 win over the Penguins. You'll hear from Devin Shore when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio
1: 630 Chair. Out of his net comes Jari. He lost it. Passive front. The shot. Score! Devin Shaw! Jari was scrambling back to the net. Shore puts it in, and the Oilers are up 4-1.
2: And they go on to beat the Penguins 7-2 tonight. McDavid, four points. He's the first star. Dreisaitl, the second star. Chris Letang had both goals for Pittsburgh. He's the third star. And Devin Shore is our fourth star for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. His first goal in the NHL since March 17th of last year. Here he is.
6: All right, Devin, maybe we'll just start off. Uh, thoughts on your goal tonight? That
11: yeah, was a great play by Jesse and uh, getting in on the forward check and, and a really nice pass. It was, it was nice to see that one go in for sure. Pre emphatic,
6: emphatic celebration afterwards well?
11: <laughs> I don't even remember what I did. Um, no, I, was, I was excited. It's always nice to see one going.
4: For you, uh, 50th goal of your career, um, just a little bit about reaching a, you know, a nice personal milestone.
11: Yeah, I I doubt I'll get to 100. So it's, uh, it's nice to nice to have a nice round number like that. I didn't know that, but uh, never say never. But it was yes, yeah, it was fun. That's about
6: as good as a road game that this team could have played. Uh, outside of like, maybe the first goal, what
11: were your thoughts on the game overall? Yeah, really consistent up and down the lineup for for pretty much 60 minutes. Played in their end more than we played in our end. I thought. We stayed above, especially as forwards, and we stayed above their their forwards, uh, so we were able to break the puck out pretty, uh, pretty easily, and, and the D did a great job connected with Stu to, you know, recover their dumps and, and break the puck out as quickly as possible. So we didn't really spend much time in our end the first two periods so whenever you can do that it, your chance to win and go up greatly so that, that i think that was the, the big thing
6: uh, the man behind me scored his 600th career nhl points and he's already had a career high end points what can you say about his play this year
11: yeah he's a tremendous player and he's had an incredible career up to this point and he's got a long way to go so 600 is a huge number and uh yeah really happy for him and then goals from six different goal
6: scorers tonight how important is it when this team is getting offense from all over the lineup
11: it's great it's great yeah like uh everyone wants to to contribute in their own way but when different guys can get on the score sheet I think it helps you know team morale and it rounds out the group it's it's we're so fortunate to have you know the big boys up front that can can score at a, at a seriously high pace. And when other guys can chip in, it's it's great. It's, it was, uh, I don't know what else to say. It was, it's really good.
5: And then going back to the complete team effort, uh, I don't think that they had a shot on goal from a forward until a little bit more than five minutes into the second period. Given you know some of the guys that they have over there, which is, what's, what does that say about the group that you were able to control the game like that?
11: Really good. They have they have some serious, serious firepower over there, obviously, and they have guys that have been elite for a really long time. So um, credit to our guys. Every, every single guy in here, I thought, played a really good game. And, and it starts defensively, right? It's, you know, closing guys off, blocking shots, staying above in the neutral zone, all those little things I thought we did a good job at. So yeah, it's, it's a credit to our group. What's it like on the bench
6: when Connor's circling, waiting to take a penalty shot?
11: Um, a lot of confidence on the bench, a little bit of, of uh, curiosity. You know what's he gonna do? And uh, he didn't disappoint tonight. That was that was uh, pretty wild, well pretty nice one.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, David Shore commenting on Connor McDavid's penalty shot goal, and also on his own goal as he was asked about the 50th goal of his career. Nugent Hopkins two points tonight. He now has 600 in his career. Oilers take it to the Penguins, 7-2. Just want uh, to update couple other games after two periods calgary leading vegas 3-1 so if the flames win that game in regulation, Edmonton would remain a point behind Vegas for first in the Pacific. L.A. already lost in overtime tonight. They're at 72 points. Seattle is playing their 1-1 with Boston after one. Seattle has 70 points, so two points behind both Edmonton and Los Angeles. Uh, really fun watching that Pacific division race. Okay. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have Inside Sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow live from Claire Drake Arena to keep an eye- on Game 1 of the Canada West semifinal series between the U of A Golden Bears and the UBC Thunderbirds. Oilers Hockey, as always, presented by Friesen Brothers. Our next game broadcast is Saturday morning, 9 a.m. for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 10.30. Oilers at Columbus Blue Jackets. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.